You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open. <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, though, man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. We got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown pass of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and we have now gone past the divisional preview series, and we are into training camp preview next week. It all gets started here from Miami Gardens. We're going to talk to Mike White today, Dolphins quarterback, and we're also going to preview the quarterback and tight end positions here on the training camp preview series, which starts right now from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is... The Drive Time Podcast. Let's go ahead and kick this thing off with another walk and talk. We've been doing a whole bunch of these. Let's go right back to that quarterback room and hear from new Dolphins QB, Mike White. What's up, guys? Travis Wingfield here again for another edition of 100 Yards with Travis Wingfield. Dolphins quarterback Mike White joining me today. Mike, welcome home, man. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. So, Pembroke Pines native, right? That's correct. I was just telling you my home golf course is the Pembroke Lakes Golf Course. Oh, yeah. You out there very often? Oh, yeah. I've been out there a time or two. What's your favorite hole? So, whatever aren't the par threes. <laughs> par threes are my nemesis. Yeah, they're rough. I like that uh, dog like on, on number nine. Try to cut. The so point. you know it way better than I do. I'm, all, I'm there all the time. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, I, between you know watching the kids, being here at work, it's, it's playing golf. So that kind of takes me to my next question. As a father of two, is there anything in the world you miss more than sleep? Oh my gosh, <laughs> no. It's just the things you take for granted <laughs> are just like even when you do get to go to sleep. The whole time in the back of your mind is just like, please don't wake up. Like, please just let me. So you're not even getting a good night's sleep. Like, I'm sure you know. Yeah. You uh, watch TV, you hear a little cry in the background. It's like, oh, is that him? Yes. You start hearing these phantom cries. You're like, is that a baby? (laughs) Yes. Exactly right. So what have you been up to since you got back? Are you enjoying the, the... the hometown and uh, getting back to your old roots, you exploring some new stuff. What are you up to? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny just driving the old streets. I would drive just like going to high school or like hanging out. You know what I mean? So it, it's it feels weird coming back. A lot's changed, yeah. but everything's still the same. If that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, no, just been trying to hit, make sure I hit all my South Florida food spots, Give like some. like Flanagan's. Sure, Flanagan's <laughs> is my go-to. I've had Flanagan's easily six to seven times. I've <laughs> uh, been trying to go as many Panthers games as I can. Seen it. Big Panthers guy. Uh, even the Heat, I haven't made it to a Heat game, but been watching the Heat. I mean, La Careta yes, has been fantastic, trying to get as much Cuban coffee as I can. And it's just, yeah, I'm soaking up the sun, not worrying about am I wearing a hoodie outside this time of year. It's Shorts been every day, fantastic. Right? Shorts exactly. every day is the way to go. So you, you come down here, a new team, new offense, all that stuff. I know offense is a little bit carryover from what you did with the Jets with Mike LaFleur, now Mike McDaniel. How you fitting in? How you enjoying the system? Just kind of talk about getting here for the last couple of months. Yeah, no, just being in here for OTAs is good just to learn the receivers and kind of learn everybody's got their own unique way of running routes and their body language coming in and out of cuts and all that. So just learning the guys. And then the system is similar, but there's definitely a lot of nuances that that the guys here have have been able to 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 do. And I think a lot of it is just the speed that we have sure. here. It's 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 nothing like I've ever been around. It's 
it's like a freaking four by four team out here. So getting used to that has been has been different, but cool to cool to watch. How do you dial? Like, do you have to recalibrate your deep balls because of that? You got to get out of your own head. Yeah. is the big <laughs> thing. Is like, listen, like, just as long as you throw it on time at the required yards, like, you'll be good. But just know that if you take a second hit, you might be screwed. <laughs> right. So you join a quarterback room with Tua Tonga by low. Obviously, what's it been like getting to know him? Tua's been awesome. The quarterback room in general has been great. Um, just being able to watch Tua, you kind of watch from afar being in the same same division, but you don't get to watch as much as you do, obviously, being here every day. So just, like, taking as much from his game as I can, you know, the, the anticipation, the accuracy that he plays with is very, very impressive. And being able to see it every day is, is cool, too, as, as opposed to just, like, on crossover film when I was up in New York. Absolutely. So in that same quarterback room, Coach Daryl Bevel, he, I mean, you go down his list of his quarterbacks he's coached, it's like Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Yes. What's it like playing under him? Yeah, so they, he we did an introduction our first day here, and he hit us with that coach, Darren Rodgers, Brett Favre, <laughs> you know. Matt Stafford, <laughs> Russell Wilson, and you're like, holy cow. Like, it's cool. So, yeah, he, when he draws back on that, like, hey, listen, this is how Brett thought of this, or Aaron gave me a good tidbit here, Russell, Matt. So when he gives you those nuggets, it's you definitely got to soak it all in and, and, and get – get what you can from it because he's seen a lot a lot of good quarterback play so when you get down here with the one yard line to the practice field here when you get down here what's your go-to play call you want to go quarterback sneak <laughs> gotta well, be what's the selling when you get in see that's like i'm the i always have all these ideas of celebrating like i remember when when like my my kids were born and like i said all right my first touchdown i'm gonna do some type of ode to them or something <laughs> but like i score and i just lose my mind i black out and just like find the nearest teammate and just start yelling in his face just losing my mind so if i would be lying to you if i told you i i had a celebration because knowing myself i would just lose my mind and go nuts good stuff mike appreciate you man yeah no problem mike white dolphins quarterback and away he goes we're gonna go ahead and take our first break right there and come back on the other side talk about this quarterback room talk about the tight end room that's next drive time podcast your host travis wingfield brought to you by auto nation for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Originally, when I put together the summer content plan here, my thought was I was going to be doing a divisional preview with a walk and talk and a positional preview. But as I am wont to do, I typically go long winded and that happened on every single divisional preview. And so we're going to go ahead and just give you more episodes. Does that sound good? I think it does. Let's go ahead and crank these training camp preview podcasts out this week, as well as Monday and Tuesday next week before training camp kicks off here in South Florida on July 26th. And we start at the quarterbacks because, well, we heard from Mike White, but also that's usually where you start, right? Top of the list in terms of for me, it goes quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, O-line, and then defense, interior, edge, off-ball linebacker, cornerback, safety, specialist. That's how I've always done it, the same way I do AFC East, North, South, West, and then NFC, same rotation there, but I'm getting into the weeds here. Let's talk about these Dolphins quarterbacks and start with number one, Tua Tungavailoa, your starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And most teams go as their quarterback goes, right? At least to a certain extent, 
You get outliers where teams bring it all the way home without premier quarterback production. Fittingly, the one season of his career where he was not producing like an all-pro was one of those two years that Peyton Manning hoisted a Lombardi trophy in his final year with the Denver Broncos there. You go back to the Trent Dilfer debate, Brad Johnson, you know, Rex Grossman started in a Super Bowl once upon a time. But by and large, the teams who qualify for the postseason and perform well there typically have a quarterback who was among the best in the league that season. Just look back at the AFC playoffs last year. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and then Lamar Jackson and Tua Tungavailoa did not start those games, but they were the primary quarterbacks for those teams. Pretty cut and dry, those were the top seven quarterbacks in the AFC a season ago. And don't get it twisted, the categories, the peers in which Tua ranked among those categories, it's those same guys you mentioned, Allen, Mahomes, Hertz, Burrow, Tua. He was absolute aces. 8.9 yards per pass. I mean, all of these are top three finishes in the NFL last year. 8.9 yards per pass, a three to a 3.125 touchdown interception ratio, 272.9 yards per game. He was second in EPA per drop back. He was also up there in sack percentage, just under 5%. Tops in passer rating at 105.5 and number two in total QBR at 68.9. And in those games that he started and finished, the Dolphins were eight and four. They were competitive to the last play in those four losses. And those games all could have gone really either way. And then the victories, for the most part, were offensive clinics where the Dolphins just posted big-time point totals. Uh, Four consecutive games with 30 points against Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, and Houston. Obviously, the fantastic comeback in Week 2 against Baltimore. You had some big-time production in the Buffalo game last Saturday night. And uh, some big wins, too, against, you know, mentioned Baltimore, beating Buffalo. Those are big-time wins for this franchise. and, And, you know, led by a quarterback that was playing some of his best ball within those games. And I'm looking back at my notes from a season ago, and here's what I wrote. His ability, Tua's, to attack the whole field based on a snapshot of information, the strides he made with his eye discipline, the downfield threat that was among the best in the league, and the ability to make plays against pressure, mitigating free hitters, or create with his pocket mobility, the accuracy that turns a 15-yard completion versus the Packers into a chance for Jalen Waddell to run at 84 yards all the way to the end zone, or the 57-yarder in Baltimore, or the 67-yarder in Buffalo. Like, you get the idea. I think we have a quarterback who has shown high, high-level play in terms of between-the-ear stuff. He took a professional approach, put in the work, and showed you he has what it takes to excel in the most important arena of the position, the processing, manipulation, and application of those skills once the ball has been snapped. And the best part about that, he's 25 years old. He was 24 last year, but he's only 25 years old. It's only going to get better. We even saw growth with things this past year, even in-game. Mike described the mistakes of the second interception of the Baltimore game and what he was able to do after that, where he's able to compartmentalize it, forget about it, and move on to the next. It's high-level stuff. So that was 24 a season ago, now at 25. And having seen him get that second go-round in the system for a couple of brief OTA practices, uh, take ownership of the offense, and really take ownership of the team in general, I just think you can see those fine details buttoned up even more. And when you get to this level, this you know level of a profession, it kind of reminds me of golf where you just make a, a minor tweak, a very small calibration, and it can have the biggest impact. Like if you just make a small change in your putter, all of a sudden you're shaving a, a putt per hole, maybe, you know, 10 putts per round. It's a huge deal going from, you know, 90 to, to 80 is a big deal on the golf course. And for Tua, those small tweaks, those 
fine calibrations in the second year, I think you can really see that ratchet up the play to even a further step because last year, what were some of the shortcomings for this offense in general was offensive penalties, a little bit uh, late getting out of the huddle in the operation to mentioned that being one of the focal focal points uh, this off season going into the 2023 season, you button those things up. All of a sudden you start seeing a, a better third down conversion rate, longer time of possession, which is going to lead to more points and obviously keeps your defense fresher on the other side and keeps them off the field too. So fine calibration, I think can have big, big impacts. We played the sound from Ronaldo Hill back during OTAs where he said two was in a great job of forcing that defense to really harp on their rules and play through each progression as to a stress them all. Like understanding that we have this, you know, shell coverage, whatever it might be. Well, you have to be able to rally up and tackle because two is going to find that fourth or fifth option in the passing game. If you cover up one, two and three very well. So he gets his information pre-snap, he assesses quickly post-snap, and the ball is out. Not only is this great for obvious reasons, but it also helps the offensive line that wants to play aggressively downhill. It helps the wide receivers operate in space once they catch the football. It just helps the entire offense. Obviously, we have to keep the quarterback upright and keep him healthy because if that happens, we can see this offense really shine for an entire season. That's the key this year to this guy's game. He has all the tools in the tool bag to be a highly efficient, highly effective quarterback like we saw a year ago, and I cannot wait to see what year two under Mike McDaniel looks like for Tua. A healthy Tua makes this team incredibly dangerous this year in the National Football League. Number 14, Mike White, you heard from him. How likable of a guy is he? Also, two kids, loves to play golf, South Florida guy, like, hey, Spider-Man meme. And in the instance where we do have to turn to another quarterback, I think this room is well-balanced this year with a lot of potential for a a possible spark off the bench. Uh, Starting with Mike White, he just has something to him that Kickstarter type of energy off the bench. You know, I I think about Ryan Fitzpatrick or Gardner Minshew, who just kind of have that backup quarterback, I'm going to come in right now cold, I'm going to go to the golf course and not hit balls before the round, and I'm going to, my first tee shot's going to be excellent. You know, I'm, too many golf metaphors or, or parallels here. But his teammates love him. He plays a similar pace and urgency as you see with Tua. He's got familiarity in a similar system, and he's had huge days of production uh, in this league. I mean, two separate games over 400 yards. How many quarterbacks can, do, can say that? I mean, the top guys can multiple times, but not a lot of quarterbacks kicking around out there that have multiple days over 400 yards. Two years ago, he came off the bench in a week six game up in New England and posted this following stat line, 73%, eight yards per pass, and five touchdowns within the next three games after he came off the bench for that game against the Patriots uh, before suffering an injury against the Colts on a Thursday night. This year, he gets the nod for a game versus the Bears after the Jets lost a 10-3 heartbreaker to those same Patriots where they, again, only scored three points, and he posts a 22-for-28 day with 315 yards through the air and three touchdowns. I don't know if you guys remember the following game in Minnesota after that, which I remember watching it very tightly because the Dolphins were playing the Niners in the late window. And the Dolphins and Jets at that time, I believe, were both 7-4 and four, within one game of each other. And, and watching the Jets, we needed to see them lose against the Vikings that day. And Mike White was not going to go down you know, quietly. He did get picked off twice. But there was a couple of drops in that game that essentially prevented the Jets from winning that game against a team who won 13 games a year ago, including a drop in the end zone in the final minute of that game that would have put them in the lead. I just like the way he plays. He's sound from the pocket. He's quick in everything he does. A little bit of scramble ability. Those are all really good traits for a QB2 off the bench. 
And then we'll have number 16 out here as well in camp, James Blackman out of Florida State and then Arkansas State. After that, I should say he was a, a transfer. A circuitous route as a collegian lands Blackman in his first NFL camp here with the Dolphins. And there's a lot of talent there, evident by some of those games I mentioned back at Florida State. I remember watching him early on in his career there and, and saying, man, that guy can push the football down the field. Uh, playing time became a bit of a scarcity that final year, just four games in that pandemic-shortened season or however you know teams handled their schedule that year. I know the Pac-12 canceled after like four games, so that was a bummer to see. But uh, just two seasons after he played only three games, due to an injury he wound up getting a fifth and sixth year of eligibility and transferred to Arkansas State where he played 19 games and threw 22 touchdowns compared to just seven picks smooth released high arcing deep ball and some pretty good athletic ability for the position so I mentioned Mike White as a you know potential spark off the bench well he's gonna have to battle with Skylar Thompson number 19 here the second year quarterback for that role like White we saw Skylar get some action in relief but also as a starter go back to that Vikings tape when you know despite some penalty he was cooking in that first half and showed you some of the improvisational skills that helped him and the offense stay on schedule in that game. For a seventh round pick, I don't know that you would have expected a rookie to get that much time a year ago, but how valuable that could that experience possibly be? He did hit some big plays in OTAs, had that one day in minicamp where he just threw a bunch of touchdowns, and I thought he showed you the improvement you want to see from a rookie season to second year quarterback. I think you have a different quarterback room this year than you've really had going back to when Tua was drafted. We heard Coach say this offseason that he felt like the quarterback room needed to to be changed from a year ago in the sense that Tua was now like the man in the room, right? And not that he wasn't a year ago, but he was, again, still just 24 years old. So you often see teams in that situation drop an experienced veteran into the room and kind of prioritize that position and pay, you know, top end dollar for a backup quarterback who has started games and been in multiple quarterback rooms. It's just kind of the MO of how you build a quarterback room around a young starter uh, just to give that additional experience inside the room. But coach felt the need for that was less this year, and thus you get a crack at a high upside guy, and that's what I think he is, like a Mike White. Still a lot of good football ahead of the career of Mike White. Then, of course, some, some valuable playing time last year for Skyler as a rookie, and then a talented-looking rookie there in James Blackman as well in the room. So those are your quarterbacks. Uh, cannot wait to watch these guys spin the football out here at camp. Going to see plenty of Tua. Going to see plenty of Mike White and Skyler, and we'll see how many reps we can get for James Blackman, but we'll have you guys covered on all four of those quarterbacks heading into training camp. We're also going to have have you covered on the tight ends, which we'll take a break here and come back on the other side and talk about the quarterback's best friend position, the tight ends. That's next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We heard from Mike White. We broke down the quarterback room. Let's go ahead and button up this episode talking about the tight ends we'll see out here at the Miami Gardens practice field at the Baptist Health Training Complex here in Miami Garden, said that kind of backwards. We start off with the tight ends here. Number 48, Tyler Croft, a newcomer in this kind of reconstructed tight end room. 
I think this is one of those under-the-radar signings where he could come in, give you a few hundred snaps, and really maximize his impact within those reps. He's a two-way type of tight end in terms of how he can execute a wide variety of blocking schemes from the attached classic Y alignment, but also has some juice as a pass receiver. He joked in his first media availability with the team that he's viewed as just a blocking tight end exclusively, and I agree with him. He said that's not how he views himself. I I agree with that because there's some tape out there where he gets on top of guys. It never hurts having knowledge of the system coming off back-to-back years playing with Shanahan in San Francisco and Mike LaFleur with the New York Jets. So he's got the new terminology or got to get the new terminology down, I should say, and varied wrinkles of Mike McDaniel's system. But he's very familiar with the concepts and rules of what this offense wants to do. And how about this? He averages 4.5 yards after the catch per reception in his career. He's allowed more than one QB pressure in two of his eight seasons, just uh, 15 career pressures allowed and 336 total pass blocking snaps. So Tyler Croft, first year here in Miami. Number 80, Tanner Connor, second year here in Miami. Had a, a, a couple of reps a season ago in regular season action. Every time I think about Connor, I think about that preseason kickoff coverage snap where he would fly down there and he was clocked at a top speed of over 20 miles per hour in one of those runs. We saw him get a little bit of run on offense, but he's got that seam-busting ability where he can get on top of the second level and make some plays down the field. Former college wide receiver who showcased you those ball skills in camp last summer kept popping up. Who's number 80? That rookie, Tanner Connor, huh? The kid from Kent, Washington. We've heard so often how tough it is to really get the tight end position down pat as a rookie. You have to be able to play all three phases of the offense, receiving, run blocking, pass blocking. So for a guy to be a positional convert, I think that you can hope to see everything move a little bit slower for him or I guess faster as the game slows down for him in a second year player like Tanner Connor. From the inexperienced to the very experienced, number 81, Durham Smythe, from a second-year wide receiver convert, green behind the ears player, to one of the longest-tenured players here in the building, Mr. Reliable, Durham Smythe. He's earned extensions each of the last two years. And don't look now. hope this doesn't make you feel as old as it does me. Durham's heading into year seven. Where does the time go? Durham is... At the point of attack so often, that split zone flow, he's matching up on the force defender. And I think what I respect most out of Durham is he shows up and does his job, regardless of how that job might evolve year to year or even week to week within the opponents. Think back to 2020 when this offense went heavily through the tight end position, scores a couple of touchdowns, had some big catches. But if you need him to go knock heads in the running game for 60 minutes, he'll do that as well. He has a chance to surpass 1,000 career receiving yards this year. He's at 829, averages 4.2 yak per catch in his career, and 1.04 yards per route ran. Durham Smythe, year seven for Durham Smythe. Number 82, Eric Sauber, another newcomer here to the room. One of the players I'm most looking forward to seeing in camp because I've seen him do a little bit of everything on tape in his pro career. I can't wait to see the role that Coach McDaniel and and John Embry cook up for him. I think he's got a springy first step in the ability to play over defenders and coverage with his size, but also the big mitts he has for hands to haul in the the football. Just vacuums that thing in when it hits him in the hands, especially in tight quarters like you're going to get down in the red zone, like you're going to get at a position that does not typically 
traditionally generate a ton of separation. You have to make contested catches, and big hands will go a long way with that. He had career best last year, 15 grabs, 148 yards, and his second career touchdown. Also had one back in 2021. He was pretty predominantly featured in a blocking role for much of his career. PFF loves his pass blocking work. Five of seven years graded in their green category, which is well above the average. Uh, basically signifies a good player in that regard. Also has a couple of years in that same distinction regarding his run blocking, which I think is a strength of his game especially in an offense that wants to play fast and can take advantage of that 10 split of his, which is going to be a theme in this room and on this team. Like number 84, Elijah Higgins, the rookie sixth-round draft pick here of your Miami Dolphins. And speaking of 10 split, the first thing I noticed watching Elijah at Stanford was the way he fires off the football. It It is fast. And his release package, whether it's simply chewing up a cushion or thwarting press and getting into his stem with physicality, I just like his work as a route runner really in general. And of course, like Connor, he's making the position change and that can come with some learning curves. But like Coach McDaniel has said, as long as he learns from his mistakes, then he'll be in a good shape to help the football team, you know, maybe right away. I'm really intrigued by his ability to make that conversion, but really just the varied roles of the skill players and how some of those roles can be occupied by wide receivers or tight ends just need the right makeup. And I think Higgins has that in a few categories. Like I can see him being the lead motion man on, on blocks on outside runs. He's also got the potential to run down the field on special teams. Very excited to see how this guy develops here in his time with the Miami Dolphins. And we finish up here with the second rookie, the Campbell product, number 89, Julian Hill. Big dude who can move, which is obviously a theme in this room. Had a chance to chat with him at Rookie Media, and he's just a really fun, easygoing personality who just kept going back to the joy of the work and the game and how grateful he is to be here. He caught 38 balls for 659 yards last season and five touchdowns there at Campbell. So there you go. Quarterbacks, tight ends in the books. Mike White's interview also in the books. So here's the schedule for the training camp preview episodes. Tomorrow, wide receivers. We're also going to hear from Miles Gaskin and Devon A-Chain. Uh, on Wednesday, the 19th, offensive line, Isaiah Wynn, Austin Jackson going to join me. And then on the 20th, we'll do running backs and linebackers and talk to David Long, new Dolphins linebacker. On Friday, the 24th, we're going to do the edge position and talk to Emmanuel Ogba. We'll come back on Monday, the 24th, and do DBs. And Cater Kohu will also join the podcast. Then the 25th, special teams and interior defensive linemen with Raekwon Davis and Jake Bailey joining me on the podcast. And then it's training camp. So that's the schedule. That's the podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Pod with Seth and Juice. Check out the YouTube channel for Dolphins Today, media availabilities, and so much more. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline Cameron, Daddy. Daddy.